This is a presentation of the Woodland Church of Christ, meeting at 3370 Broad Street in Sumter, South Carolina. We meet for worship on Sunday at 10.30 a.m. and 5.30 p.m. We meet for Bible study at 9.30 a.m. on Sunday and 7 p.m. on Wednesday. If you have questions or comments on this lesson, you may email them to Fred Gosnell at fgosnell at ftc-i.net or to Arnie Granke at agranke44071 at twc.com. Oh, good afternoon. This is Arnie Granke and Fred Gosnell with Woodland Church of Christ in Sumter, South Carolina. And this is what does the Bible say. Uh, Fred, you know, uh, a lot of times people have difficulty when they become Christians trying to figure out how to pray. Of course, one of the one of the best ways of learning is is just be at services and listen to to, to men who have, have done some praying, and and uh, you can pick up a lot of pointers just by paying attention there. But uh, Jesus, of course, taught his uh, disciples how to pray. John the Baptist taught his disciples uh, how how to pray, and uh, so maybe it be as worth be worth our while to. Uh, to talk about that and and uh, maybe give some folks that, that listen to our program here uh, a few ideas that they can think of. Not everybody knows what kinds of things to pray for uh, all of all of the time. Uh, Matthew or Matthew John chapter uh, fifteen. Uh, Jesus is uh, is speaking. Uh, John fifteen is is on. Uh, at the Last Supper, the night that Jesus uh, was was betrayed. And in verse 7, he says to his uh, apostles, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will and it shall, not be, and it shall be done unto you. Then a little bit later on down in verse 16, he says, you've not chosen me, but I've chosen you and have uh, ordained you that you should go and bring forth fruit and that your fruit should remain that whatsoever you shall ask of the Father in my name he, he may give it uh, you uh, a little bit later on there's actually about four chapters there that are involved in, in telling about the things that uh, were done and that were said uh, there uh, at that last Passover uh, meal that Jesus uh, had with his disciples. John chapter 16 verse 23 Jesus is, is speaking again and said in that, in that day you shall ask me nothing verily verily I say unto you whatsoever you shall ask the Father in my name he will give it you. Hitherto you have asked nothing in my name. Ask and you shall receive that your joy may be full. So those are those are a couple of passages that that deal with uh, prayer and and maybe it can serve as a little bit of an introduction to that thought. Yes, and and, and John uh, in in his uh, uh, first uh, first letter, First John five fourteen and fifteen, he uh, he says there, beginning in verse fourteen, this is the confidence that we have in him that if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. And if we know that he hears us, whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we desired of him. 
So when these passages are, are, are considered, when we logically consider what, what the passages say, of course, Jesus, uh, uh, the, three passages, or the two passages you read, the one I read, uh, that John said, it becomes pretty clear that, that Jesus promises that you know, God's going to answer uh, Christians every prayer as long as uh, his disciples ask for what God desires them to pray. And, of course, that's what... That's why we're, uh, we're going to talk about this, because we want to know what God wants us to ask uh, for him. Of course, what, uh, what John said there was if we ask anything according to his will, uh, we've got to know what his will uh, is. So besides obeying God, then there are certain requests that God wants us to, to make of him. And some things for which we should not petition God is something we shouldn't ask him about. So uh, what should we pray for as God's children? You, you know, what you just said is, is true because uh, sometimes people think that, that God's kind of like Santa Claus and, and everything you ask Santa Claus you're going to get for Christmas, you know. That's certainly not, uh, not true. Santa Claus isn't even, isn't even real, but uh, uh, of course God is. God doesn't promise that everything is going to be answered the way that we would like for it to be. Uh, or and it, it, even if it is, it may not be immediately so. Uh, it may be a little while because God's timing is based on uh, a little bit more knowledge. We're not always aware of, of the things that God is attempting to do and, and uh, will we'll accomplish. So, uh, so we, we, we're kind of thinking in terms of... Uh, we we want this and we want it now, <laughs> and, it, and it's not. It doesn't always uh, doesn't always uh, uh, work that way. Uh, one good source is the model prayer that Jesus used. We usually speak of it in America here as the Lord's Prayer. Probably probably that's true uh, around the world in a lot of places, but. Uh, um, you, you have a version in Matthew, Mark, and, and Luke. They're, they're a little bit different. Some, some of the wording is a, is a little bit uh, different. But, but it gives us a, an understanding uh, of, uh, of how we ought to pray. The, the disciples asked Jesus, he said, teach us to pray the way that John taught his disciples uh, to pray. So uh, uh, each of those, uh, and it may have occurred on more than one one occasion that 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 kind of teaching uh, was was done. Uh, Luke chapter eleven is is one of those one of those places, beginning in in verse uh, in verse four. Uh, it came to pass that as he was praying in a certain place, when he he sees. One of his disciples said unto him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John also taught his disciples. And he said unto them, When ye pray, say, Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, as in heaven, so in earth. Give us day by day uh, our daily bread, and forgive us our sins as we also forgive everyone that is indebted to us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us uh, from evil. Uh, 
I see seven things that are that are mentioned there in in that prayer. It's it's almost like an outline for for prayer. If you ever wanted some guidance, and I I think Jesus isn't teaching that you all ought to just say this, just memorize this, and you can rip it off in in probably thirty to forty five seconds, and uh, and then you're done. You know, <laughs> of course that's not the purpose of it. It, it's it, it's an outline to, uh, to to give us a little bit of uh, something to, to go on topics uh, to to speak to, to to praise God or to or to ask uh, God one of one of those the very first one uh, is uh, uh, hallowed be thy name hallowed has to do with being being honored being held in uh, in reverence, uh, so we're we're asking for God to, uh, we want God to be reverenced. So, so that immediately tells us we're not just going to rip through the prayer and be done here in uh, in in quick order. Uh, but uh, we need to reverence Him ourselves. If we haven't been reverencing God, why would we be praying that uh, that somebody else might or that others would? Uh, uh, we need to be reverencing him, and uh, uh, there there may be some specific things that we can add to that to that thought. Where are some places where uh, where God's not recognized? All over the world, there are people, and there are uh, there are societies even where where God is not honored the way He wants to be honored. There are false religions out there. Uh, there are religions where if they disagree with Christians, they'll, they'll tear down their, their, their buildings, they'll, they'll kill some of their people. Uh, there are all kinds of things that happen because they won't reverence uh, God. He's not hallowed at all in some of those, those places. In most of those places, I was looking, uh, I was curious about something here over the weekend, and, uh, and I looked and found out that there's 193 countries uh, range, ranging from very big, we're the third largest country in, uh, population wise in the, in the world and there are some that only have a few thousand people uh, in it but, but uh, uh, most of those 193 uh, countries are not necessarily honoring uh, places where, where God is, uh, is honored uh, we ought to set the set the standard for reverencing God. Be be reverent ourselves, and and teach others to be reverent. Act reverent, not just when we're praying, not just when we're worshiping, uh, not just in a Bible class, but 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 52 weeks a, a year. Yes, and and, and then of course uh, in, in that second verse also he says. Uh, that uh, thy kingdom come. Of course, his kingdom has come. Uh, it, it, it had not when, when uh, uh, Jesus taught them to pray this prayer. Uh, kingdom came on Pentecost. So, uh, so we need to pray uh, for, for its growth, for its continued uh, growth, of course, for uh, Christ's reign to uh, uh, spread throughout uh, uh, the world, you know, into the hearts of other men. And 
one of our responsibilities as a, a, a faithful a, a Christians and f for its strength and for its, for its fidelity. And, you know, we ought to be praying for uh, opportunities to uh, meet other people that we might be able to teach. We might be able to sit down and have a Bible study with and try to uh, show them uh, what the Lord has done and show them about the kingdom and show them what the Lord uh, has for us uh, to do and uh, have that as, as a part of our prayer all the time. And, and of course, when we do that, perhaps uh, uh, that will uh, uh, help us find people uh, that we can uh, that we can study with. I'm I'm thinking of uh, of uh, the the third uh, item that that Jesus mentioned, uh, where we where we ought to be praying for God's will to to become uh, to be to be done, and and uh, uh, for us to do His will, we have to know His will, and and. Uh, uh, Fred and I both, myself more than more than uh, than Fred, but uh, we're we're getting up there in years, and sometimes we don't always remember things, and we we, we don't think of some of the things that uh, that we might might should have thought about. So so some of the things uh, uh, we might uh, forget to to do that we that we would otherwise recognize that we ought to do when maybe some, when we see somebody else do it or we we hear somebody else speak about it uh, it reminds us that, that that that's what we ought to do or that that's what we ought to uh, avoid doing but God's will uh, be done is uh, we ought to agree with His will and we we ought to be seeking to fulfill it ourselves. And, and do what we can uh, to teach others to do it. Uh, people follow Christians' examples. And, and uh, uh, I will tell you that, that uh, anybody sees something that they know, and the world knows a lot of the things that Christians ought to be doing, uh, if they see us doing something that they, that they know we ought not to, boy, they'll be quick to point it out. Or if they don't point it out to us, they'll tell it to other people. And uh, uh, say, well, you know what Arnie Granky did, or what Arnie Granky said, or what Fred said, or uh, or whatever, uh, like like that. Uh, we ought to be busy seeking to do God's will. In uh, uh, Matthew 26 and in verse 39, Jesus is in uh, he's in Gethsemane, and even he was. He cared, even at that hour, as he's about to be arrested, about to be put on a false trial, spend the whole night away, and, and then be crucified the, the next day. And he knew all of those, those things. And uh, he was here to do God's will. So uh, verse, 20, uh, verse 39 said, uh, he went a little farther. This is after he, he left uh, Peter, uh, uh, James and John. Uh, he went a little farther and uh, 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 fell on his face and prayed, saying, Oh, my Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. He's saying that as, as a human, the human aspect of him. He knows what's going to have to happen, and he knows that that's why he came here on earth. And so when he finishes that sentence, he said, uh, not as I will, but as, as thou uh, will. Uh, I, uh, uh, 
I, I, I wrote down here a, a passage in, in the book of Hebrews, in Hebrews chapter, uh, chapter 10 and, and verse, verse 7. Uh, the Hebrew writer, uh, Hebrew writer said, uh, "Then said I, Lo, I come in the valley, in, in the volume of the book, it is written of me to do Thy will, O God." Uh, that was Jesus' purpose, and that ought to be our purpose. That's why we're here on earth, uh, not to just see how much fun we can have. Or, how much trouble we can get into, or what, whatever our goals seem to be, but but to do God's will. Yeah, as difficult as Jesus saw what was coming, and and, and he said, "If it be possible, let this cup pass from me." He he, he would like to avoid it, but then again, uh, he knows what, why he was there. He says, "But not my will, but Thy will." Of course, then he says in 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 his prayer, he says, uh, uh, "Give us this day our daily bread." And of course. Uh, uh, that's all we need, really, is is, is a, enough for our daily bread, and that's what we ought to be satisfied with. And and he talks about that, the, uh, about our needs, in uh, Matthew chapter uh, six and verses twenty-five through thirty-four. So let's begin in in verse twenty-five. Jesus speaking, he says, "Therefore I say unto you, take no thought for your life, what you shall eat or what you shall drink, nor yet for your body, what you shall put on or." Is not the life more than meat, and the body than raiment? Behold the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap, nor gather into the barns. Yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are you not much better than they? Which of you, by taking thought, can add one cubit unto his stature? And why take ye thought for raiment? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They toil not, neither do they spin. And yet I say to you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Wherefore, if God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? Therefore take no thought, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For after all these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knoweth what, that you have need of all these things, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Take therefore no thought for the morrow, for the morrow shall take thought of itself, sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. Of course, that's a lesson to, uh, we shouldn't worry about these things so much. Uh, seek, his, seek his kingdom first, and then all these necessities of life will be added to us. Of course, he, he requires us to, to do some work to provide for ourselves. But if we do what he says, then, then everything will be fine. Don't worry about tomorrow. Work today, provide for yourself, and be satisfied with that, and, and you will be better off. The, the, the fifth item that Jesus mentions in this outline uh, is, is forgive us our sins. Uh, doesn't harm us to, uh, uh, to add a please to that, even to beg a little bit. Uh, in in this, this is just an outline, so he doesn't give all the uh, all the details of exactly what one needs to uh, needs to say. Uh, but certainly, certainly, we need the the forgiveness of sins. All of us have sinned, and so what do we do about it? Do we just forget about it, you know, or or do we think about it? Think about it like David did, for for example. 
and uh, uh, seek seek God's forgiveness of, of that sin, and then then do everything we can to avoid falling into that that same pattern. Don't make a pattern of doing the same thing over and over and over again, and every time uh, asking for uh, forgiveness. That may happen from time to time, but uh, let's do the best as we can to clean up our uh, our act and and uh, uh, ourselves seek to avoid avoid sin. Uh, Acts chapter eight and verse uh, verse twenty two. Uh, Peter was in Samaria, and uh, uh, there had been some Samaritans that they had taught the gospel to. One of them was a man by the name of Simon who was a magician and uh, he hadn't quite understood what the gospel was all about when he when he made a really bad statement uh, he thought in terms of uh, of miracles being like magic and and maybe if he had uh, had the ability to work miracles it'd be good for his magic business uh, there and uh, uh, so Peter addressed him kind of sternly uh, about that. He said, Repent therefore of this thy wickedness, and pray God that perhaps the thought of thy heart may be forgiven thee. And then he goes into detail uh, about uh, some of the problems that, that Simon was, uh, was uh, facing. And, and then Simon did repent of that. And, and uh, uh, I think he perhaps became a faithful disciple uh, after that. Uh, David is an individual who certainly fell into a situation of sin and, and uh, begged God's forgiveness also, wasn't he? Yes, and, and he has a, a rather long prayer concerning that in uh, Psalm, Psalm 51, verses 1 through 12. And of course... He uh, uh, goes to God in prayer there, and beginning in verse 1, he says, Have mercy upon me, O God, according to thy loving kindness, according unto the multitude of thy tender mercies, blot out my transgressions, wash me thoroughly from mine iniquity, and cleanse me from my sin. For I acknowledge my transgressions, and my sin is ever before me. Against thee, thee only, have I sinned, and done this evil in thy sight, that thou mightest be justified when thou speakest, and be clear when thou judgest. Behold, I was shapen in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. Behold, thou desirest truth in the inward parts, and in the hidden part thou sh shalt make me to know wisdom. Purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. Make me to hear joy and gladness, that the bones which thou hast broken may rejoice. Hide thy face from my sins, and blot out all mine iniquities. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and Renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from thy presence, and take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Of course, David David uh, uh, acknowledged the, the, the sins that he had done. He'd, he'd uh, uh, taken uh, uh, the wife of uh, uh, Uriah the Hittite. Then he had Uriah the Hittite uh, uh, murdered because, uh, or killed in a, a battle because uh, uh, he wouldn't uh, provide the excuse uh, for uh, uh, Bathsheba's uh, uh, pregnancy. And, and so David finally recognizes all of that. And, and he, he uh, of course, he says, I was shaped in iniquity and in sin did my mother conceive me. He's talking about his mother there. He's not, talk, not talking about uh, him being created 
uh, a sinner or anything. But, but his, uh, his acknowledgement here and, and the things that he says in his prayer, uh, we ought to read very carefully and, and uh, acknowledge the things that we do when we violate God's will and, and go and uh, pray to him about that. And, and, and uh, as uh, uh, David did, as, as deeply as he felt, he says, my sin is ever before me. You know, even, even when God forgives us of the sins we commit, we still remember what we did. And, and uh, those, those memories uh, don't go away. Uh, they're not easily gotten rid of. Uh, and of course, we have to try to suppress them once, once we repent and everything. But nevertheless, uh, David provides us with, a, with a, good, a good example of the kind of attitude we ought to have when we go to God in prayer about our sins. Yeah, he's not blaming his mother for, for this. You know, it's not the idea that, oh, I inherited sin. That's certainly not a Bible concept. Uh, there are a lot of false teachers that say that it is, but, uh, but it's not. What, what does happen is everyone is born sin-free uh, and uh, nothing hereditary except physical features uh, that, they, that they have. Uh, but we, we learn to sin over the course of, uh, of our early years uh, we hear things that our parents say that they ought not to say sometimes. Uh, we see things that our parents do or that other people do, the neighbors do it, even people that, uh, that we respect uh, are involved in sin. And before we know it, we're, uh, we're committing what would be sins but probably don't count against us because uh, we're not aware of that. We're, we're too young to be responsible. But when we reach a point where, where we should know God's will, we need to honor God's will and, and do it, then, then we become uh, responsible. I think of that as being a, 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 a stage in life, a stage of responsibility. And, and others think of it as an age of responsibility or something along, along that line. But at that point, uh, we begin, begin sinning. And so sometimes children will die early in their life, even before, you know, when they're uh, five, six, seven years old. And, and, and in all probability, they're sin-free at that particular point. Haven't always done the right thing, but they didn't know any, any different. They weren't, they weren't responsible. And, and, and looking at verse 12 there in the passage you read from, from Psalm 51, uh, Fred, uh, he ends that by saying, Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation and uphold me with thy free spirit. So he's, uh, he, he sees hope. Uh, at the, you know, he sees light at the end of the tunnel uh, there, the, the tunnel of, uh, of sin. Uh, Moses prayed for, for Israel. And uh, uh, Exodus chapter 32 is, uh, uh, is a place. Uh, he was, he, actually, he was, he was praying for uh, his people's forgiveness. Uh, Moses returned uh, unto the Lord in uh, Exodus 32, verse 31. Uh, he returned unto the Lord and said, Oh, this people have sinned a great sin, have made them gods of gold, and uh, yet now, if thou wilt forgive their sin, and uh, if 
not blot me, I pray thee, out of thy book, uh, which thou hast, hast written. Uh, not speaking of the Bible there, speak so much as uh, it's as if God has a large book that he's recording the things that individuals think and say and do in the, in the book. And uh, uh, sometimes there's some good things uh, that are recorded there. And uh, uh, Moses is saying, don't even count those in my favor uh, if, if you can't uh, 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 let, let our people uh, uh, be, be forgiven of their, of their sins. So, so he prayed, uh, prayed that prayer uh, there in, for, for Israel. Yeah, and, and of course, uh, part of the, uh, toward, toward the end of that uh, prayer was Jesus said, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from, from evil. And uh, of course, uh, uh, some, some translations omit this and, and others say, say deliver us from the evil one. But Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 10, 13, and he talks about temptation there. And he says, there hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you are able but will with the temptation also make a way to escape that you may be able to bear it so uh, whatever temptations we we suffer from there's always a way of escape of course what what we have to do is to look at the way of escape that God has provided for us too many times people don't look they just they're they're tempted to do something to sin and then it looks pretty good to them, and they, they decide, I think I'll try this out. But uh, there's a way to avoid that. Uh, normally, the way is to say, no, I'm not going to do that, and run in the opposite direction as fast as you can. <laughs> but, but, uh, but Paul says now, you, you know, there's no temptation that, that, that you're uh, involved in that you can't uh, get out of. God will provide a way for you to escape. What do you say we talk about this a little bit more? Uh, in our in our next conversation, uh, Fred, I think there are probably a lot of other petitions that people uh, would like to maybe have a little bit of help with uh, to to improve their their prayer life. Let's let's see what we can what we can add to to that. We hope that this will be helpful to you. Uh, we look forward to being with you, uh, Lord willing, next uh, uh, next week. And we hope that you have a good week between now and then.